Welcome to New Models. This is Lil Internet, one of the co-hosts of the podcast, and you're listening to a public episode. If you want to hear all of our weekly interviews, monologues, and occasional radio plays, subscribe. For access to our podcast, or to join our actually extremely active Discord server, sign up at patreon.com slash newmodels. If you prefer Substack, you can subscribe to our podcast feed at newmodels.substack.com. Let's get into it. This monologue was adapted from an introduction I had written for New Models recurring joint film night with Trust in Berlin. At the last event, which took place on April 19th, we decided to screen Belly, directed by Hype Williams, first released in 1998, making this year its 25th anniversary. Belly is a film I essentially grew up with. I first saw it in high school when I was 16 or 17, and I have regularly revisited it ever since. Depending on when and where you were in your teens and early 20s, You either know Belly as a classic of near-mythic proportions or as something you'd never even consider watching if you knew of its existence at all. With a cursory glance, Belly might appear to just be one of the many late 90s hood films that star rappers and have abysmal reviews. Perhaps instead you decided to watch Baller Blockin' starring the Hot Boys or Hot Boys, starring Master P, Silk the Shocker, and in one of the greatest casting mysteries of all time, Gary Busey. But Belly is not a 90s home video cash grab. It's the only feature of an auteur director. And because there's very little good writing about the film online, and because it's Belly's 25th anniversary, I decided to write and share this with our listeners. This monologue technically contains spoilers, but they don't really spoil anything as the film doesn't rely on mystery or even tension to keep the audience interested. I gave this talk before showing the film at our screening, as I believe it offers some context and clarity to what can be a confusing, albeit exhilarating, first viewing. But if you want to jump into the film blind and listen to this after, that's okay too. The most important thing, of course, is that you watch Belly. On a good screen with deep blacks and with good sound, this part is non-negotiable. And I hope that in the future, you'll also get to feel the thrill of showing Belly to someone else for their first time, revealing an iridescent gem with a 23% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Hype Williams was born in 1970 in Queens, New York, to African-American and Honduran parents. He directed his first music video at age 21, developed his unique visual style over the next few years, and had established himself as a triple-A-list music video director by 1996, with the release of California Love, in which a Mad Max-styled Tupac and Dr. Dre ride through post-apocalyptic Los Angeles, Thunderdome included. Williams went on to direct countless music videos that defined the aesthetics of the Y2K era. Puff Daddy and Mace, Missy Elliott, and Busta Rhymes, in fisheye-lensed light tunnels with futuristic, surreal styling. An era that also wedded a violent, misogynistic rap culture to luxury fashion and conspicuous consumption. 
and an era that still marks the peak of music industry profits. Broadband internet was rare, and downloading MP3s was essentially unknown. High-margin CD sales were a windfall for record labels, and the budget for a single Hype Williams-directed video could exceed a million dollars. This year brings the 25th anniversary of the release of Belly, Hype Williams' first and only feature film. The then 27-year-old wanted to make a black film, black actors, black writers, and a black cinematographer telling a black American story. In fact, Williams had always wanted to make this black film since his earliest dreams of becoming a director. Belly's storyline had been sketched out years before a feature was even conceivable for Williams and was based on the lives of his childhood friends, friends who recognized his talent and thus shielded him from involvement in their own criminal pursuits. The script, with Williams at the helm as director, was greenlit by Artisan Entertainment, a mini-major that also funded both Quentin Tarantino and Darren Aronofsky's debut features. For the cast, Williams tapped figures from the New York hip-hop world. Nas stars alongside a then-unknown DMX, who had not yet released his chart-topping debut album, but whom Williams recognized as possessing a rare and raw star power. Before every actor went on screen, Williams had their skin oiled so that light would reflect and outline their features even in darkly lit scenes. Williams ran the shoot as if it were a guerrilla-style music video, breaking not only the traditional rules of making a movie, but the regulations of the crew, unions, and production insurance as well. Artisan hired its own producers to help manage logistics, but they never lasted long. Williams and everyone else really drank and smoked blunts throughout filming, fluidly changed the script, and paid little heed to both the schedule and whatever unlucky guy was representing the studio that week. Some shots in the film were completed by Williams, his cinematographer Malik Hassan Saeed, and the actors alone, after the set had been officially shut down and the equipment packed by the contract-bound union crew. It's actually a miracle that the film was completed at all. As a result of Belly's chaotic production, the pacing and plot feels choppy and confused, and the actor's delivery can be stilted, something critics were quick to pounce on in their unanimous panning of the film upon its 1998 release. But the issues weren't solely caused by negligence. Williams was absolutely uncompromising in fulfilling his vision for the film, and would not let any bureaucratic friction get in the way. What he accomplished is stunning enough to render any faults trivial in comparison. The first time you watch Belly, you are so mesmerized and electrified by the music and visual style that the truncated plot seems only to ambiently exist. But having watched Belly at least 25 times in about as many years, I started recognizing very deliberate details and a depth to the film that I had previously overlooked. Today, Belly is described by most as a hood classic. The hood deserves to claim ownership of the film, but in the context of capital C cinema, it is much more. Belly certainly contains the tropes of gangster and hood movies, with its psychopathic masculinity and misogyny rendered even more perverse by Williams' relentlessly dazzling visuals. A chain of movie theaters owned by Magic Johnson went as far as refusing to screen the film due to its quote-unquote, overwhelmingly negative and violent portrayal of African Americans. 
It's obvious, however, that Belly was made to interrogate the black gangster archetype, revealing the ways in which it mirrors the white men who profit from its proliferation, like those white writers and directors responsible for the black exploitation films of the 70s. The redemptive turn in the story happened so abruptly that some likely considered it to be an afterthought. But this abruptness is probably due to the budget and schedule-related cuts to the script. Just to clue you in, DMX's character is released from jail in Atlanta by the feds, who want to use him for a COINTELPRO assassination of a black minister. The fed is the old white guy on the basketball court, but you can barely see him because he's always shown out of focus or in very wide shots. There's a reason for this. Williams wanted the fed character to wear a beanie, but the actor, Frank Vincent of Sopranos fame, had very thick hair and the beanie wouldn't stay on. So Williams, in his obsessive perfectionism, decided to never shoot Vincent close up because of a beanie. You'll notice in Belly that Williams borrows abundantly from Brian De Palma's 1983 film Scarface, but he also seems to recognize how Scarface fails as a parable. It doesn't matter if Tony Montana dies at the end face down in a pile of cocaine and lusting after his sister, a certain type of young man will always idolize him for the two hours and 45 minutes of the film that he's alive. Live by the sword, die by the sword has always served as a warning or a call to action, depending on who is listening. In Belly, however, Williams does not moralize the gangster's cruelty or deny his attraction. Instead, Williams illustrates the gangster's innate alienation, myopia, and existential emptiness and most importantly, denies him the glory of death. There's a depravity in Belly that feels like a product of its time and place. And interestingly, Hype Williams begins a kind of dialogue in the film with Harmony Corinne, then also a buzzing and controversial New York-based director in his 20s. Like the Corinne-penned kids, Belly has scenes of young people doing disturbingly adult things. And Williams shot the film's eternally mood-boarded title sequence in Tunnel, the legendary nightclub that was home both to the NASA rave depicted in Kids and New York's most famous hip-hop night. And Belly's strangest moment might be when, having just returned from an armed robbery, DMX's character projects Harmony Corinne's film Gummo on the wall of his stark white minimalist living room. Taking place in a destitute rural Ohio town recently ravaged by a tornado, the scene from Gummo shows two filthy, shirtless white kids pretending to shoot and then obscenely debase another boy who is wearing pink bunny ears. The only explanation that DMX's character offers for playing this film within the film is, this shit is bugged out. It was only recently I thought of a more purposeful reason for Williams to include Gummo, which struck me during a later scene in which Nas's character visits a 12-year-old gun-toting crack dealer named Shorty. A character like Shorty might be perceived as a racialized trope, but the Gummo clip served as a reminder that poverty makes monsters and screen-ready spectacle out of white kids too. It appears that Harmony Corinne finally nodded back to Williams in his 2012 film Spring Breakers, which ends in an homage to Belly's opening. Yes, that eternally mood-boarded opening. Why did I choose Belly for this screening? 
The loose idea of these events is to start a kind of film dialogue of our own between new models and trust, with each selection responding to the previous, which in this case was the 2019 Brazilian film Bacurau. Bacurau tells the story of a native Brazilian rural community fighting to preserve their tradition against an assault of colonial violence, capitalism, and corruption. And the directors liberally wield visual style and genre tropes to do so. Belly, on the other hand, tells the story of two characters from a diasporic community, corrupted by racial oppression and capitalism in a place colonists took them to long ago, and who are struggling to find the tradition they had already lost. Hype Williams' brilliant use of R&B acapellas in the soundtrack offers a subtle reminder of this theme, as without contemporary backing tracks, the songs are imbued with the gravity of something far more ancient. But also, when it comes to visual style, nothing else touches belly, literally nothing else. There is no film in existence with more style than belly, and it's been 25 years since it came out. Hype Williams never directed another feature. He was on the table to direct Speed Racer, but it later went to the Wachowskis. Williams took a hiatus after Aaliyah's death in 2001. Her plane crashed while leaving a hype-directed video shoot in the Bahamas, a senseless event ultimately caused by pilot negligence, but that some, nonetheless, hold Williams responsible for. He did have a hand in Kanye's rise to stardom, directing several of Ye's videos in the aughts, but by that point, the unique magic of his early work was missing. This is somewhat understandable, though. Williams' career was forged at the end of the millennium, the climax of pre-internet media, and it would be hard to find motivation when, as a legendary veteran director, you are progressively offered budgets and thus director's fees that are mere fractions of the amount you were given in the past. One last note about the film. The title. Even critics who should know better pretend they don't know why the film is called Belly. And to be fair, Hype Williams avoids interviews, so as far as I know, an official reason has never been given. But if you watch the film closely, the answer becomes obvious. The title of Belly refers both to the phrase the belly of the beast and to the mother's womb. The characters portrayed by Nas and DMX have found themselves in New York City, the belly of the beast and are struggling to return home, to the source, to the belly of their motherland. It is not an accident that as the story unfolds, the true power of the women in the film is revealed. I shared all of this because it might go unnoticed otherwise, and luckily for you, this is your first time watching Belly, which means you just get to experience it. It's New Year's Eve, 1999. Not only a new year, but a new millennium, a whole new beginning. How we ended up with the world as it is now is a conversation for another time. Rest in peace, DMX. Thank you for listening to this public episode of New Models. Once again, if you'd like to subscribe, visit us at patreon.com newmodels or newmodels.substack.com. Please do share this episode with friends and boost us with a rating or follow or whatever the algorithms care about wherever you listen. Hope you join us again next time. See you next episode. This has been a New Models production. For more, 
visit patreon.com slash newmodels or newmodels.substack.com.